Welcome to a new episode of Down the Rabbit Hole 55. We reach 55 right now. Wow. Yes, Carl. My, my birth year. Is your birth year? Oh. Not 1855, <laughs> as some people would think. Yeah, so this is quite an interesting episode. It is. We're calling it Live Forever or Die Trying. Now, mm-hmm. a lot of people have probably heard that phrase, but do they know where it came from? If you want to know, you will have to stay. And when we talk about the main topic, you will find out about yeah, that. We'll let you know. And in the meantime, remember, if uh, to, if you would like to give us a hand, recommend the show to yeah. other friends, give some likes there, some reviews in iTunes. Yeah. Uh, and important, share your comments with us. Yeah, we would like that. Yes. Either in the show notes down there in the mm. comment section or through Facebook or through email. Anything. Anything. Even voicemail that you can send through the website. Skywriting. We don't care. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, news right now and then live forever or die trying. To the news. Mm-hmm. Some news and we start with a very uh, recent one. Yeah. Elon very. Musk yeah. just announced that he had an approval to build uh, this new thing that he has come up with called Hyperloop. Hyperloop. And it's going to be from New York to DC. Yeah. And the time is 29 minutes. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. still half an hour to park your car, mm-hmm. an hour to get through security. Yeah. But. But, well, of course, there's uh, actually a but here. The thing is, but. yeah, he announced this on Twitter. Yeah. But he announced with a very specific uh thing that actually caught my eye immediately. Right. This was a verbal approval. (laughs) So that doesn't really mean actually that it's already a done deal. Doesn't mean anything, does it? It could still change. But if he really builds this uh, underground hyperloop between New York and Washington... Mm. Uh, What's the distance there? It's... uh, I don't remember how many miles because they Mm. measure it in miles, not kilometers. Mm -hmm. Uh, But... At the same time, it will have two stops. Two stops. Philadelphia and Baltimore. Ah. And the total time of travel is 29 minutes. 29 minutes. Even with the two stops. Now, That's... Philadelphia is also another important city. Yeah. I don't know, maybe an American would tell us if Baltimore is that important as well. But certainly New York, D.C. and Philadelphia yeah. are three yeah. places yeah. where people will travel back and forth really fast. And it's, I think, as a flight, New York to Washington is what, an hour and 20 minutes or something? Something like I that. Know, I know, I think New York, because uh-huh. I've done it in New York, to Boston is under an hour. So. Yeah, like 45 minutes, yeah. something like that. So, so to DC certainly should be something, uh, hmm. maybe two hour, a one hour and a half flight. Yeah, something maybe like something like that. So this is cutting it by two thirds. Two thirds. Um, and they also want to do one of those uh, hyperloops in Texas. Uh, yeah, Dallas, Houston, San Antonio, Austin. <laughs> and somebody yeah. was uh, saying that would be cool, but that will take you minutes practically. <laughs> minutes. Yeah. yeah. It'll be. It'll be hardly worth parking the car. Uh huh. But it, I mean the whole. Obviously, it's an interesting concept, and there is that. I think there is a standing quarter mile of Hyperloop in uh-huh. in the California desert somewhere, or Arizona desert, mm. uh, where they're testing 
Yeah. Stuff. The thing is, was in that area where they were testing it. Yeah. yeah. But the reality is that the technology is not exactly breakthrough, is it? Mm, Let's not, be honest. Not necessarily, it's a no. pipe, right? Mm-hmm. It's a pipe, but uh, it ensures no traffic, no nothing. It's a straight travel. True. Better than so it's, it's, railway. It's kind of, yeah, it's a novel transportation development. Yes. Uh, he also mentioned uh, one from San Francisco to Los Angeles yeah. would be in the in the making. I would have thought a one to do would be obviously New York to Los Angeles, wouldn't it? Oh, that would be huge. But the investment that you need to have for making that one. That's like 3,000 miles, right? From, of underground. Like <laughs> so you have to cross a country underground. Yeah. I'm sure it can be done. <laughs> <laughs> maybe by... Uh, Let's make a counter-proposal. <laughs> maybe if you do it like a subway, uh, w- you know, way, right. with stops and change of uh, trains in... Like uh, having hops. Yeah. Like New York to D.C. and then... or Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, you wouldn't just go New York to Los Angeles, would you? You might go via, uh, you know, places on the way. There's Mm -hmm. there's plenty of interesting places on the way. The interesting part here is Mm. how can he recover... The cost. The cost. The investment. The investment. I think a lot of people would pay, actually, to travel like that. Well, people will only pay to travel like that. You know, people said similar things about Concorde. Remember Concorde? Oh, I do remember that. Yeah. Now, the thing about Concorde is everybody, all the hype, dare I say it, um, was that uh, build it and people will come, you know. Yeah. Uh, but actually they built it and people didn't come because it was too expensive. So, yeah. Yes, they can build the Hyperloop, <laughs> but unless it is significantly more convenient than other forms of transport and economic, people won't use it. Will well, not use it, but probably uh, from government costs, uh, he, I mean, yeah. well, deals, he will recover some of that. Well, well, obviously, the government's looking to minimize their financial input. Uh-huh. And obviously, you can do all kinds of clever financing, can't you, mm-hmm. these days? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, the world's running on clever <laughs> financing, right? So, And our second news. Oh, yes, we have another one. Yeah. Actually, this is hilarious, really. <laughs> yes. Because the BBC fooled the bank HSBC mm-hmm. voice recognition security system. Yeah. I think this could only happen in the UK, actually. <laughs> so, so basically, HSBC, which is actually, was a British bank uh-huh. uh, originally... Uh, but it's actually HSBC's Hong Kong Shanghai Bank. Uh-huh. That's what it is. Um, and most of their business is overseas. But uh, they got into a great deal of difficulty some years ago. Mm-hmm. And uh, through that very generous person, the British taxpayer, yeah. uh, they're now back enjoying their fat salaries again. And I, as a taxpayer, feel, well, it makes me sleep. Sadly uh-huh. at night, knowing I helped them. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the thing is that HSBC have uh, released this voice recognition security, um, you know, biometric thing. Yeah, because they say it's more secure. It's more secure. People don't have to your voice worry. Is unique, it's unique, right? your voice. But these two guys are twins. Non-identical. Non-identical twins. So, and they 
Yeah, they went and created an account. Where either of them could actually get into the account using their uh-huh. voice. So they created the account. They went and they said, you know, uh, I would like to have the voice uh, ID recognition mm-hmm. and so on. And then the twin brother comes along yeah. and says, I would like to retire mm-hmm. some money. I would like to do this or that. Yeah. And he passed pass. through everything. I mean... This just, I mean, we've all seen these movies, right? Where they record samples of people's voices and... Yeah. And I'm sure that this system will probably do something like, it will have a challenge part where it will come up with a random, you have Uh to say something. Yeah, a phrase. Yeah, a phrase. But I'm sure creating some software to actually respond to that using sampled voices. Even if you have a personal... Uh, guard or somebody there yeah. watching you say and not take it from a recorder. <laughs> yeah. What what about people that can imitate voices? Absolutely. I mean, when you practice, if you can practice a, that phrase, somehow you get in possession of that mm, challenge phrase, mm, and you practice it over and over. Yeah, you could. You could go there and maybe go around it. it. Right. I don't know whether this it strikes me, you just uh-huh. said what you just said, which is an obvious thing to do, would be obviously have the voice recognition uh, biometric, but actually use the phone's forward-facing or forward-facing camera to actually video you saying it mm-hmm. and actually have some kind of, obviously, again, biometric software that... Sh- that can see that you are actually speaking. Mm, yeah. You know I, mean? I think that would be quite For example, there's a bank or one of the banks that I have has this feature of uh, face recognition. Oh, they do face recognition. Yeah. yeah. The problem is that uh, you need to be able to also measure depth. Depth, exactly. Because... Uh, there is a way of doing it with yeah. your phone camera, but it's, yeah. it's all software, obviously. Uh-huh. We ha- I have tried this before mm. in the company where I work for in Mexico. They mm. also have a biometrical yeah. uh, face recognition software. Well, for checking in when you arrive to work, right. just put your face there, you know, checks is you, and you're logged in. You mm. you arrive. Mm. Launch and so on, you have to do the same process. I tried to do that with different uh, ways to try to fool it. Right. I tried with uh, ink printer. Right. Laser, holding a pictures, picture, right. picture paper, paper, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like a photo printed, uh, digital, yeah. and a tablet in a screen. And if it worked? It didn't work. Yeah. It doesn't measure the yeah, depth. But, yeah, but that's probably because I've got a biometric passport, right? Uh-huh. And when I go back into the UK, I go through a booth and you'd have, you have to stand on a spot and there's a camera looking at you, which is... Obviously, uh-huh. doing the biometric, but these cameras are stereoscopic, uh-huh. which is where they get the depth from. Yeah, so it wouldn't surprise me if your this uh, device stereos- stereoscopic yeah. two sets of, uh-huh. whereas obviously a phone camera isn't. Mm-hmm. But and then they try to use software to compensate to, that lack of to infer depth based uh-huh. on various things. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure it works that brilliantly. But, mm-hmm. but you know, there's the, the we're talking about biometrics. This is a big thing, biometrics, right? This yeah. one we were talking about a couple of weeks ago about yeah. the individual's movement use of their phone. Yeah. That, you know, why don't they just have a biometric? I'm going to give away product's idea now because it's just occurred, <laughs> it's just occurred to me. Yeah. Why not have 
the individual spell sign their signature in the air using their phone. Ooh, interesting. Because it will detect exactly the, your movements always mm. of your wrist. And oh, yeah. Really? Ooh, there you go. And a free idea, courtesy free idea of Carl. Yeah, thank you very much. Anyway, <laughs> those were the news. Yes. Yeah, so that was, I'm sure they're going to be withdrawing this from yeah. service at some point. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Live forever or die trying. Episode 55, down the rabbit hole. And we start right now with our main topic. And we made that question, right? Yeah. When we started the show. We did. You're right. Where does that come from? phrase come from? Live forever mm -hmm. or die trying? There's actually a little bit of controversy, if uh -huh. that's the right word, where it came from. It either is attributed to Groucho Marx. I'm sure most people know who Groucho Marx is, a very famous uh, member of the uh, uh, Marx Brothers, the comedians mm -hmm. from the 20s, I think it was, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. um, he is thought to have said either exactly that or literally that, uh -huh. with a slight variation. Now, the other uh, potential source is a very famous book, which I think you may have read, Rafa. The Catch-22. Catch-22, 20, Catch uh, by an American author called Joseph Heller. Uh -huh. And one of his characters says this. Mm -hmm. But, of course, there's, there is quite a number of years separating these two. Groucho Marx, 20s, mm -hmm. early 30s, and Catch-22 is 50s. Yeah, uh, 50s. So that's quite a gap, and mm -hmm. nobody's quite sure... Uh, to who to attribute for real who that to for real, but that, it's one of those two so the topic live forever yeah. or die trying now I think the first thing you imagine about it is yeah. uh, doing whatever you need to leave more time yeah what 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 yeah you've got to change something right and this uh, and when you start to think how in ancient times yeah. You hear all the stories even from the Bible or from other texts yeah. uh, that are traditional of people living over hundreds of years, 200 years and yeah. so on. And yet we know that the average lifespan in that period it was, was a lot less. Like 42 or something. Uh huh. Maybe years were longer then. Maybe they were dog years. <laughs> dog years, yeah. yeah. Who knows, right? Yeah. Uh, that's probably not true, but... Um, <laughs> so, yeah, so obviously we'd all like to live forever. Mm -hmm. Well, it's a kind of a thing, isn't it? We probably don't. It can be just a phrase, you know, yeah. like your memory will live forever. Yeah. So in a way you live forever. Yeah. And I think um, we're probably all aware, a lot of people are aware that it's thought there is a natural limit mm -hmm. to an unmodified human, shall we say. Uh -huh. It's thought to be about 129, I think it is. Yeah. So it's it's estimated that... If we could achieve peak physical condition from conception, shall we say, yeah. uh, potentially you could live to 129. The, the problem is, of course, I suspect you'd still spend the last few years thinking you were a chicken or something. I, I don't <laughs> yeah. know. So I think when I think about living longer, I always think about this old aphorism of... Uh, um, Quality is quality. better than quantity, right? So yeah, I agree. There's no point living for an extra 10 years 
if you don't know what day it is, right? Exactly. There's no point. So any any kind of solution towards this thing of living longer clearly has to address that, right? Mm-hmm. It's no good living longer if you're just going to be chronically ill or whatever. So obviously people do like the concept of being healthier, living longer, and there's an entire global industry exists oh, yeah. on the back of it and is probably worth not billions but trillions globally. Mm-hmm. And certainly they do spend billions of dollars, if we're talking dollar terms, trying to convince us about their product and be the... The approach uh, to this uh, healthier yeah, either some, lifestyle. Something you slap on, something you swallow, something, something you have to do, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. But the question we're going to ask ourselves today is, is there a simpler way of doing, achieving, living longer mm-hmm. and healthier? And what we thought we'd do uh-huh. is we thought we'd cover the kind of current thinking mm-hmm. and then we will then do the big reveal on a scientifically proven way way approach to living longer and healthier and the reason why you've probably not heard of it is because nobody can figure out how to make any money out of it (laughs) it's always the money right it's always the money right yeah so how about then we have a review a quick review of what the normal run-of-the-mill advice yeah. Shall we? Yeah. So, would you like to... Yes. The usual, the usual advice. Uh, One of them. Yeah. <laughs> the start young advice. <laughs> yeah. So, the studies uh, are showing us that uh, if a mother that is pregnant, yeah. expecting the baby, is highly stressed, yeah. this has an impact in the baby Uh like affecting the way the babies will also handle stress. Yeah. They will be less able to handle all this later in the life. Uh, we talked about this uh, previously in the show about yeah. epigeni- epigenetics. Yeah, how, how you transmit or you can modify your... Living circumstances can affect yes, the generation. Like switching uh, in a circuit board yeah. on and off yeah. buttons. It's like having your genes, but on uh-huh. the genes there's like on and off buttons. Another uh, common that everybody knows this one, heavy drinking during the pregnancy also can lead uh, some of the um, uh, babies to have alcohol syndromes and can cause also these uh, disabilities and long life uh, problems, physical problems as well. Learning disabilities and almost like the born an addict. Yeah. And of course, the one that always goes along with the drinking is the smoking because also affects the fetal development. Yeah. And one more thing, because this is all, you know, you go through this. I I went through that with my wife and so on. And the the diet. I'd just like to add that you've never been personally pregnant. Personally, no. (laughs) I've never been personally pregnant. Uh, You have somebody who does that for you. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) But the diet uh, seems that also has, again, uh, this... uh, Yeah. heavy uh, influence yeah. based on the epigenetics yeah. uh, 
Uh, on an unhealthy diet from a pregnant mom can affect also the risk of obesity That's right. uh, by changing the DNA of the baby. Yeah, because um, we actually covered this in an earlier podcast, which is uh-huh. women who are pregnant during a period of famine, mm-hmm. the generations, the child that she has, <clears throat> has a tendency, a... Um, a susceptibility to be overweight because, uh-huh. because they eat everything that's in sight. Yeah. Because of the stress, food supply stress put on of the mother. Course. It's like a, the child thinks they're in a situation of continuing famine. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And it's obviously this epigenetics thing, which is mm-hmm. really fascinating. Yeah, it is. So, yeah, so that's... Um, there is one yeah. more about. Yes. Uh, well. A couple more. Yes. Having a happy childhood. Yeah. Uh, always increases the longevity. Yeah. And, well, according to a study, it suggests that uh, those who are more unhappy in their youth yeah. have a great risk of heart disease as adults. And it kind of makes sense, doesn't it? Cause of like, course. We, we're, it's becoming quite common kind of knowledge now, isn't it? In the public sphere that stress causes heart problems. Yes. So, obviously, if you start life stressed... Uh, oh, it affects you. Yeah, and it may only be moderately stressed. The thing is that with a child, a period, right? can, can be very stressed, Over the but st- because of the fact that they are young, their body is still developing, yeah. you you cannot, maybe you may not notice yeah. in the children all the effects that it's having well, on them. But you might be actually kind of growing them in. Right? Exactly. It's something like you start to carve your own yeah. tomb in there. Your, yeah, digging your own your, grave. Exactly, yeah. digging your own grave. Well, this is taking a turn for the uh, <laughs> for the cheery, isn't it? Yeah. But there's a, an interesting one, the last point. Yeah. Going outdoors. Yeah. Sunlight, right? Getting outdoors is very important. Yeah. And the sunlight, because the sunlight is what makes our vitamin D yeah. get fixed. Exactly. So at present, uh, only one in four children are deficient in this uh, vitamin. And that is related to the fact of going outside to take the sun or not. They're spending too much time. What they Inside. need to do is move the Xboxes out. To the garden. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Actually, it would have many benefits at the same time. You take the TV and the Xbox to the sun outside, yeah. it will burn. No more Xbox. You yeah. stay outside. <laughs> or yeah, or you go in nagging your parents for a new Xbox. <laughs> but of course, there's yeah. also this issue with healthy bones, isn't there? Yeah, because vitamin D helps our body to absorb the calcium and the phosphorus from our food. For good skeletal health. Right? Yes. And that is important because as we advance in age... Mm. We start to lose this ability and our bones start to lose uh, calcium, the calcium. Mass. Uh-huh. Yeah. So a lot of people with problems oh, with uh, osteoporosis and mm. these kind of things are also related probably what they did when they were younger. Exactly. Or didn't. Or do. didn't do. Might be more accurate. Accurate, yeah. But, uh, but according to these uh, research notes, it's beyond 30 that you start to lose yeah. Bone mass, right? Yes. So clearly, in your 30s, you need to start, if you can, start thinking about doing something about that as a lifelong thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, for example, until I came here, I used to run every day uh-huh. from my mid-30s, uh-huh. and that's supposed to be very good for that uh, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, 
So that brings us to exercise. Exercise. This is another, obviously, this is the business-as-usual advice, but it's based on very good evidence, right? Mm -hmm. So exercise means a healthier heart, reduces cardiovascular risks, um, and, of course, we're talking about high blood pressure, heart disease, all that kind of stuff. And, of course, um, physical activity, as I say, I used to run, is very good for the old mental. It's a de-stressor. Right? It's a de-stressor, but also uh, the fact that you're pumping blood into your brain, you know, Oxygenating oxygenates blood. more, yeah. makes you be more clear in your thoughts. Oxygen is the good stuff, right? Yeah. It's uh, what makes everything uh-huh. work. And I think there's a lot to be said, obviously, for that. But obviously going along with that is that regular exercise uh-huh. helps with your weight maintenance mm-hmm. and uh, removing the risk of uh, probably type 2 diabetes, I think, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Um, because the exercise will help uh, keeping your carbs and everything in line and do not have peaks in your glucose. Yeah, exactly. And as we were saying just a few minutes ago, uh, running, for example, is very good for promoting bone density Mm -hmm. and uh, pushing back any issues you might have had otherwise with brittle bone stuff, Mm -hmm. osteoporosis. So, yeah, there are these are some basic exercise things. Um, And then... There's your skeletal health, right? Yeah, which we were mentioning right now about the sun. Which is part yeah. of the same stuff, really. It's part it? of the same, but as we were saying, when you're a child, mm. you recover so fast Absolutely. that people don't take this as a serious thing. No, if you're going to break example, something, break it then, right? I broke my leg right? and, you know, was in two parts, in two, in two different bones in the, in the leg, and... Yeah. I recovered faster than usual. And then you kept on going crazy anyway. Of course. <laughs> because you repair so fast when you're a child. Yeah. But when you get older, this process and joints and everything become weak, yeah. more fragile, yeah. and more prone to be broken. Yeah. And you were saying earlier now that after the 30s is when we start to lose the bone density. Yeah. And take, for example, myself right now, that after just was my birthday and hitting a piñata that somebody yeah. did. Yeah. Uh, I had a luxation in my wrist Isn't without it? even really, you know. You can't see it, but it's in a full body cast. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't want to admit it. Yeah, no, I, don't, I will not admit that. It's hori- horizontal on a special bed. Yes, but... <laughs> it's not really. No, it's not really. It's just the wrist. It's just the wrist. Yeah. Uh, but we have to change the lifestyle. You do. And... Factors like uh, a calcium-rich uh, diet right. is very important yeah. to keep the bones health healthy. But we need also to have the vitamin D coming from the sun yeah. to help that calcium to get really absorbed. Because otherwise, it makes no sense to have a rich uh, calcium diet. And if you cannot fix that do calcium in your it. bones. And then do some exercise for the yeah. other stuff. And uh, mm-hmm. it's pretty simple, really, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and here's one maybe not. So obvious, but is is uh-huh. well well established, which is staying socially active. So never mind physical activity; social activity mm-hmm. is very important, and it has been uh, repeatedly shown in studies that 
friendships, being sociable, actually helps you live longer. Yes. And again, I think this kind of makes, it's like common sense in a way. Mm -hmm. If you are on your own, very little social contact, no family, you can imagine, well, it's, 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 a known outcome of studies that this affects your immune system. Yes, and, and your head. You know, the Absolutely. mental health the starts to get affected, yeah. yes. Yeah. And somebody called it loneliness is the hidden killer. Of the elderly. Of the elderly. Yeah. That's a very interesting phrase, and it's very true. Yeah. How, uh, actually, I, I believe that some old people actually crave for this social interaction, and Absolutely. in certain environments, they get actually... This rejection. Certainly in my home country, England, mm -hmm. uh, loneliness in old age is regarded as a really quite serious problem. Uh -huh. uh, that there is just simply not enough social cohesion in the older age bands uh -huh. to mitigate some of these effects and that people are literally dying of loneliness. Uh-huh. Well, which is... Uh, yeah. Is weird, right? And of course, now we've got social networks. Um, mm -hmm. Do you think that? No. In, in this case, no. <laughs> you know what I was about to say, right? Yeah, I do know what you were about to say. <laughs> uh, I think we've covered that before. I yeah, just about social media. Yeah, I, again, it's not a real replacement for for it's, this. It's not. It's a very poor substitute, isn't it? Yeah. And again, research shows that people who are married. Yeah. have less uh, risks associated with uh, social uh, kind of uh, yeah. starvation issues mm -hmm. as they get older. And um, I think it kind of makes sense. I think we both yeah. think that makes sense, yeah. don't we? Here's a popular one. Wow, the next one. Yeah, everybody tells you that, yeah. and it's hard to get rid of it. It is, because it's so good. Because it's good, because, I don't know, trans fats have a big impact there. Yeah. But... We are talking about junk food. Of course. And avoiding junk food. Everybody will tell you to avoid junk food. Absolutely anybody, I think. Yeah. Even the people who are telling you to do that, I don't think they do it. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. But the, the truth is, and the scientific proof is that certain fats mm. are known to be bad for, for us as for humans. Sure. And uh, they are uh, usually high-calorie density uh, fast food. Yeah. So the trans fats, which are, is how they are called, they are made from a uh, hydrogenated vegetable oil yeah. and can be found in margarine, mm. biscuits, uh, cakes, and in general fast food like burgers yeah. and, and others. There's a, and there's, a, there's actually a chemical reason why they use uh -huh. a lot of... You, you don't normally bake at home with hydrogenated fat, right? Yeah. The reason why it's used is because it's an industrial reason Mm -hmm. it, it it stabilizes other ingredients when exactly. they when they make stuff on an industrial scale. Uh huh. Um, and of course, food companies say, "Oh, if we have to reduce the amount of hydrogenated fats, we have to put more sugar in it." Or which, yeah, which is also equally bad, right? <laughs> we haven't we haven't included sugar in this list, but yeah, obviously we could have. But it's kind of, I suppose, including in junk food. Yeah, so. and the problem is that these uh, trans fats uh, increase the LDL cholesterol, yeah, which exactly. is the bad cholesterol. Yeah, that we want to call the good and the bad. Yeah. HDL is the good one, LDL is the bad one, yeah. and significantly increases the risk of uh, atherosclerosis, which yeah. blocks the arteries, 
and this leads to heart disease and stroke. Yeah. So, again, this is all based on many, actually, decades of study and research. Yeah. This is all true, right? Yeah. Actually, this is interesting because uh, this week, actually, mm -hmm. uh, my wife insisted that we try for more... Uh, Healthy options. Vegan way, actually. Oh, the vegan way. Yeah, and I was like, mm, well, let's give it a try. But Do you know. I have to wear saffron robes you know, yeah. and, <laughs> and thumb symbols? Well, I have nothing against vegans, but uh, <laughs> I like my meat. <laughs> but we'll see. So, I will, yeah, we'll give it a try, you know. I also, I have a low meat diet. So yeah. We, I we, find it fine. If, uh, at least just one time per week maximum, I will get meat and... Probably I will try to skip the rest. Yeah, it, 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 it's just a matter of getting used to it. I think. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So those items there have covered the everyday advice that kind of... It's the usual advice, yeah, I believe. We're probably telling you probably most of the things you already know. Yeah. So now we're going to segue slowly into our big thing, uh -huh. our big reveal... And just tell you a couple of things that uh -huh. may be interesting about life expectancy. And I don't know how many people out there have heard of things called telomeres, they're called. Uh -huh. And telomeres are the caps. Yeah, the tips. The, yeah. the tips of chromosomes in, uh -huh. our, in our cells. And when we are born, uh -huh. our telomeres have a certain... By the way, an analogy that people use to imagine what a tele telomere is like, sorry, is like at the end of a shoelace. You know where you've got that little uh -huh, bit of plastic uh -huh. on the end of a shoelace? And that's what the telomere is doing. It's protecting the end of the chromosome. And when, um, when a cell is uh, dividing, the, the telomere protects the, how shall I say, the copy quality of, uh -huh, the, of uh -huh. the copying and here's the here's the thing here's the kicker every time your cells divide and you as far as i think this is true that in over a six month period every cell in your body has divided has uh -huh. replicated right? replicated so yeah. basically although you remain looking the same which is a, a miracle in itself every cell in your body is has been changed And every time that happens, the telomere, the little cap on the end of the chromosome, gets a little bit shorter. Shorter and shorter. And when it runs out, uh -huh. that is when you your cells stop dividing properly or can mm -hmm. stop dividing properly and you start to age. Now, the interesting thing about this is that what it means is that when as i say when they become too short the cells stop dividing and they start dying and we that's how we age short telomeres have been linked to diseases such as heart disease and dementia whereas long telomeres uh obviously confer indicate a longer life mm -hmm. and it can be inherited so if you yeah. let us say you were tested as having long telling me as your children may also have them as well uh -huh. now the interesting thing about telling telling me is 
is that one day there might be a diagnostic test you can do with maybe a drop of blood. Don't know how much you will you live. And it will tell you when you're going to die. <laughs> that, that comes again into a very, uh, how can we say, um, controversial Absolutely. piece about is it okay to know how long will you live? And think about it, insurance companies. Yeah, oh, that would be... They'd love to know, right? Yeah. Because they could start refusing your cover. <laughs> True. Knowing that you're going to yeah. kick the bucket. Right? Uh-huh. So, yeah. Or the insurance companies would start Increase promo- the price. promoting you uh, funeral insurance mm. through your social media, right? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a good bit. Okay, write down business idea. Yeah, business idea. <laughs> why, do I, why do I keep getting these adverts for coffins? What is going on? There? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's, it's the future, right? Yeah, but interesting, that one. Yeah. Well, right now, it is, uh, in a lot of countries, it is illegal for insurance companies to request certain types of information about their customers mm-hmm. from their medical records. So, like DNA tests, stuff like that, they're not allowed, certainly in the UK, they're not allowed to do it because the fear is they will start discriminating. Based on this, of course. Based on DNA. Because if somebody yeah. has the... Uh, a short telomeres. Or the chance of getting... Uh, heart disease or cancer or whatever. Or, yeah, they will discard these people well, immediately. You won't be able to get insurance, right? Uh-huh. And that's kind of morally wrong, right? Yeah. But we are talking about money, so what's morals got to do? <laughs> anyway, we're not going on about that. So we've now got to the point... Uh-huh. How do you live longer, literally, uh-huh. and save money at the same time? Yeah, because this... This is uh, a win-win, right? Yeah, a lot of, like you were saying at the beginning, this is about the money. Yeah. A lot of people sell you things, ideas, from ideas to products. Products, potions. To live longer. Yeah. So if this can actually help us to save our money... And the evidence and, is there. And actually live longer... Exactly. Then you should pay attention now. Uh, so start, if you weren't listening before, start listening now. So it turns out through, again, some quite large-scale studies that there's a really, really simple way to live longer and healthier. And the way to do it is if eat less. Eat less. Now... This is the twenty. <laughs> this is the twenty first century, right? So we can't just say it less, and that's it, yeah, right? Know, right. First of all, it's got to have a fancy name, and the fancy name is called calorie restriction. Mm-hmm. And of course, you need a nice uh, acronym to go with that. So it's called CR. CR. CR is the way forwards, right? Now, uh-huh. what is calorie restriction now? You might think to yourself, oh, this is just another, another diet. diet thing, right? Uh, yeah, buy my books, buy yeah. my resources. Yeah. No. But it's not. It's right? not. Yeah. Th- this approach requires you to make a fundamental change in your lifestyle, a change that cuts back, uh-huh. that, that is different to just cutting back the odd meal, the odd, uh, you know, Calorie den- energy density. Yeah, that then, yeah. This approach requires you over a period of time to make gradual reductions in portion size 
permanently. Mm-hmm. Now, what about the evidence, right? Yes. So maybe do you want to cover this, this first bit? Yes, because uh, all the studies are started around the 1930s. Yeah. And a 30%, they, they found out that a 30% reduction in the amount of food that is consumed per day yeah. was linked to, link, uh, to live longer. In certain creatures. In, yes. And the creatures were actually worms, lice, rats, mice, and monkeys. Yeah. So across, you know, animals, yeah. uh, the calorie restriction has proven that is the best remedy for uh, aging yeah. and living longer. And it's possible that humans, uh, you know, can benefit also from, yeah. from this. And in fact, there was another foundational study done uh-huh. in the mid-30s using our white rats. Do you like the picture I used there? It's yeah, a, I see, I see It's like that. a porn rat. <laughs> Isn't it? Yeah. It's like going, hello. Yeah. I'm here here and I'm ready. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, it looks like that. We're losing the plot now. But um, Uh there was a a study done in the mid-30s using white rats, and they were put on this calorie restriction regimen of between 30 and 50%, and it was shown that their life was extended. And uh, basically, it mostly worked by delaying death from age-related diseases and disorders. Because, of course, even as humans, you've got to die of something, right? Yeah, and eventually, like yeah. the song now, everybody dies. Every- <laughs> Thank you. And obviously cancer is the biggest killer of yeah. people over 70, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And going back to our telomeres thing, yeah. right? you can see why, because the telomeres shorten, blah, blah, blah. Um, now, of course, it's all very well, uh-huh. you know, um, doing this work on laboratory animals and so on, but can it work in a human, right? Uh-huh. So it, maybe you want to cover this stuff that was done in the... Um, in the 80s? Yeah. Uh, well, in the 1980s, there were two independent yeah. uh, trials, very long uh, studies. One at the NIA, which is the National Institute of Aging. Which is in the U.S. In the U.S., of course. And mm-hmm. the other one at the University of Wisconsin, also in the U.S., mm-hmm. where uh, they set up to study the calorie restriction and aging in the rhesus monkeys. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what is interesting about the rhesus monkeys is... Yeah. We share 93%. Of, 93%. Yeah. And they're primates. Uh, obviously, they're primates. But what is also key is that we age in, in the, the same, same way. Yeah. It's the same mechanism. So it's pretty much related to us. Yeah. And they were the perfect model to make this kind of uh, study. Yeah. So what they did was to feed some uh, uh, specially made biscuits. Yeah. Uh, the diets of the 76 monkeys of the uh, University of Wisconsin and the 121 at the NII yeah. and were tailored to their age, weight, and the natural appet- uh, right. appetite. Right. All monkeys received a full uh, complement of nutrients, minerals uh, that the body needs to survive mm-hmm. and to live and to go on. But it's just that half of the monkeys that they use that calorie restrict group and they ate 30% less, 
less. So they were all on exactly the same food. Just restricted to 30% less. The control group were on 30% yeah. less. Now, interestingly, so remember, this is a long-term study. Yeah. It was started in the 80s, early 80s. Amongst the uh, calorie-restricted, uh-huh. the CR group, uh-huh. was a, a monkey called Sherman. Sherman. Who is now, well, as of last year, 43 years old. Uh-huh. And he's actually the oldest, currently oldest rhesus monkey ever recorded. Yeah. And basically, he started on the CR diets. In 87. In 87, age 16. And has sh- hasn't shown any overt signs of hunger, which are well characterized in, in the species. species. So they yeah. know if it was hungry because it would act out that it yeah. was hungry. Doesn't show any signs. Is currently the oldest um, in captivity. And while other younger monkeys mm-hmm. who were who were on not on the CRD on the normal group were developing diseases and dying, he's appeared immune. Even into his thirties uh, he would have been considered an already old, yeah. an old monkey, but he didn't look or act like one, which is very uh-huh. interesting. But and the same is apparently true for the rest of the monkeys in the in the control group uh-huh. in the CR group, where the studies showed they had a lower incidence of diabetes, a lower incidence of ca- of cancer, um, and the. Uh, University of Wisconsin trial with their own long long term study yeah. published similar results for their their monkeys as well, um, and effectively not only did the monkeys look younger physically their biological age yeah but they were actually healthier yes, their pathology mm-hmm. and uh, cancers such as intestinal cancer in the calorie-restricted group, were down over 50%. That's a lot. That is a lot, right. Mm -hmm. Considering these animals or these primates are not taking any drugs. No. Nothing. Just the diet that they were Just the restricted diet, just the CR thing. And also the heart heart disease was reduced in half. Yeah. Which, Um, again, makes a huge difference in number. Imagine what difference that would make, not only for people's lives, but Mm -hmm. the costs. Saved of treatment, surgery. Yeah. So, anyway, um, while in the um, in the anti-aging group, uh, the eleven of the non-calorie restriction monkeys developed diabetes, and five exhibited signs that they were pre-diabetic. The con- the CR group, the ones that were on the restricted yeah. diet. Um, they were totally healthy as far as uh, blood glucose levels were mm-hmm. concerned. Not only that, they just never got diabetes. At all. And overall, only 30, 13% of the monkeys on the CR uh, regime uh, had died of age-related causes in 20 years. In 20 years. years. That's and a very interesting number. In the non-calorie restriction group, 37% over the same period, nearly three times as many. Mm-hmm. That is significant. It's it? significant, of course. Um, and when the Wisconsin group did publish their update uh, update in 2014, they had similar results. It, it remains the same. So the question is... Can it work for us? Yeah, so it works in our nearest cousins. So 
in uh, recent times, a new study was started. Uh-huh. A 10-year study by uh, Susan Roberts, a dietary scientist at Tufts in University in Boston, and she has been a lead scientist in the comprehensive assessment of long-term effects of reducing intake of energy. Uh-huh. And it's a trial known as calorie. They managed to torture that into a, into a <laughs> word there. Um, and basically, 218 healthy men and women aged between 21 and 50 split into two groups. One people, One group were allowed to eat normally, and the others were on the CR regime, and they ate 25%. 25%. Less. Pay attention to the percentages. Yeah. 25% less, which is not that huge. Anyway. No. And both groups had health checks every six months. In 2015, the results were published. And in the calorie-restricted diet people, uh, the ratio of good cholesterol to bad had increased. Mm -hmm. And specifically, molecules associated with tumour formation called tumour necrosis factors, TNFs, were also reduced by 25%. Uh And insulin resistance, a sure sign of diabetes, fell by nearly 40% compared with the group who could eat what they wanted. That's why I said pay attention to the percentages because a 40% fell in the insulin resistance. It's a lot. That is a lot. Without drugs. Exactly. Right. For a person taking drugs, yeah. this is a huge difference. Yeah. And overall, their blood pressure was lower. Now, basically, the uh, summary was uh, that the results suggested that if you were already in the band of being body mass, mm-hmm. a reasonable body mass between 18.5 and 25, then you could... Um, go on this, you could adopt this calorie restriction diet and obviously potentially um, achieve these benefits. Mm -hmm. Uh, So really it brings us to... How does it work? How does it work? This is is unfortunate we have to discuss this, but this is science, right? Uh Uh-huh. So would you like to... Yeah. Well, the process itself, the Mm -hmm. aging process, is still not 100% understood or explained. Right. Now, with less food... Is the metab- This is actually a question. Yeah. With less food, is the metabolism forced to be more efficient with what it has? Uh-huh. And, well, there is a common uh, molecular switch well, regulating might, aging. M- might there be a molecular yeah. switch, right? And that is turned on and off with fewer calories. Uh-huh. And that this is the other question that, you know, brings all these studies and so on. Yeah. And, or is there is a, a yet-unknown mechanism that lives uh, in a, within our bodies that can be turned on and off and yeah. underpins our lives and deaths. Yeah, that we're not aware of yet. Yeah. But uh, since we're lacking a more exact explanation, yeah. the calorie restriction is one of, one of the most promising uh, uh, roads uh, for improving health yeah. and how long it lasts in our lives. Which is the important thing, right? Is maintaining it. Maintaining it. Right? Yeah, for longer. Yeah. So there was uh, nothing in uh, uh, what was uh, made us think that calorie restriction doesn't work in people, uh, according to Roberts from the uh, calorie trial. Mm. 
And unlike the drug test-based uh, treatments, it doesn't come with a long list of possible side effects, yeah. which is also very known from people. Exactly. The drugs and everything always come up with their side effects. Yeah, there's always, there's always a double-edged sword, isn't it? And by the, this percent uh, reduce of 35% calorie restriction, mm. people, uh, one of the other declarations was that people were not hungrier, their mood was fine, their sexual function was fine, uh, you know, they and really they were, tried to look for yeah, they, the bad stuff. Yeah, and they couldn't find it. And they couldn't find it so, at all. Which is quite astonishing, actually. It is. Um, so, if you have an interest in uh-huh. maybe looking further into this calorie restriction which stuff... Which is what we usually invite you to do. Yeah, we'll, Research yourself. We'll put the notes there at the uh-huh. end. Have a look yourself. But there is a very interesting uh, website called iDiet, mm-hmm. that actually allows you to pursue this kind of lifestyle change. Yeah. And um, I've had a good look at it, and uh-huh. uh, there's some very interesting stuff on there. Well, it we says that... We would yeah, look. Gives you the power of the food. Yeah. You can lose more weight and keep it off without having hunger yeah. or cravings, which is... One of the biggest problems when somebody exactly. has a diet. Exactly. The cravings and the hunger is when they kick in and makes people fail mm. and then people rebounds exactly. and gets more weight and so on. The thing I like about this calorie restriction concept is you could take a whole life approach, right? So clearly you are generally recommended to try and reduce yeah. your intake by 25%. Um, how about then that... If you start as soon as you can in your 30s and you take the money that you save from reducing your diet by 25% and put it into some long-term investments so that when you live longer and healthier, you can have a wonderful retirement. Yeah, that's a very nice idea. It's a whole life solution. Mm -hmm. And that is my recommendation to you people out there today. Yeah, check it out. Yeah. The Yes, well worth a look. Anyway, just to wrap it up, we know you like we like our movies and we like our, <laughs> books. our books. And these are, we already mentioned this one. Yeah, these are books and this movie and this book and this <clears throat> movie are not entirely related to the subject, but we mentioned this book, Catch uh-huh. Twenty Two by yes, Joseph sir. Heller. Um, it's set during. World, if you've never read it, it's a must-read. It's set in World War Two between 1942 and 1945 and follows the life of a Captain John Yossarian. And basically, the whole book revolves around this mad idea uh-huh. uh, that is uh, repeated in the book quite a lot, which is that, uh, according to the story, and remember this is set in the Second World War in the... This is a guy in Between the... Between 42 and 44, 1942 yeah. and 1944. This guy's in the Air Force. He doesn't want to be in the Air Force because mm-hmm. he thinks he's going to die one day. And basically, according to the novel, people who were who were crazy were not allowed to fly missions. These were the rules, right? Uh-huh. But anyone who applied to stop flying was deemed to be showing a rational concern for their safety and were therefore sane and had to fly. 
So it's this this is this was the catch twenty two. Uh-huh. It was a kind of a you know a logical inconsistency. If you try to if you try to go about creating a situation where you wouldn't have to fly, uh-huh. then you were clearly sane and had to fly. <laughs> yeah. And then there is a movie which I've not seen. Me either, which is called Mr. Nobody from yeah. 2009. Uh, into, in the year 2092, the last mortal human, Jared Leto or Leto, on Earth reflects on his long past and thinks about the lives he might have led. Yeah. So the film is all about the life story of this, uh, Nemo Nobody, uh, 118-year-old man who is the last mortal on Earth. Yeah, because everybody else on Earth is immortal. Immortal. He's the last mortal man. Or let's, let's say almost quasi-mortality. Yeah. So he's the last man who is actually going to die natural Who's going death. to die. Yeah. A natural death. So that is our movie. That is slightly related to what we're talking about. And that is our topic. That is Live it. forever or what, die trying. I mean, what do you think about this, Rafa, this calorie restriction thing? It's interesting, right? It's interesting and actually makes a lot of sense yeah. in many things. Yeah. Uh, I like, mean, like you said, it's not like totally something different from what people tell you. Yeah. I, believe, I believe that the problem is that a lot of people might take a similar concept to apply to a product and try to make money out of it. How are they going to do that, though? Well, with the calorie restriction, a lot of people try to invent diets and procedures and ways. I suppose you could write a book about it. Because if you think about it, especially if we are talking about uh, uh, weight loss, Mm. it's practically all about how many many calories you get in, how many calories you burn down. True. It's all about that. It's all about that. So if your body needs a certain number of calories and, you know, for making a real calculation, you need to know a lot of data, but let's just to put a round number, just to give an example, let's say that you need 2000 calories. Mm. If if your body needs that to survive, Mm. you know, calculating your activity levels, blah, 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 your uh, basal metabolic rate and so on. Uh, If you would... take because you like the junk food you like all this stuff mm. instead of your 2000 calories that your body needs mm. uh, with according to these rules let's say the normal usual mm. rules uh if you start to take above that mm. then you're going to start the weight of course put the weight on yeah if you cut back yeah at least 500 calories theoretically you should yeah, lose weight you should lose weight right yeah, yeah. But then again, it comes about what are you eating because it's not the same to eat exactly. 1,500 calories of only trans fats yeah. then yeah. combine it with vegetables and so on. Yeah. So practically, it's all all makes sense. All the theory makes sense, actually. Mm. Mm. It's exactly the same. Reduce 25% of your, of your calorie intake. Mm. But at the same time, it depends on how much or what the calories you're putting into your body. I think yeah. it's also what matters a lot. I suspect... That going along with the CR concept is clearly an intention to eat healthily. Healthily, yeah. Uh, because the the concept is not that, say, for example, you can have a Big Mac and fries uh-huh. and then don't eat anything tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. That is not a calorie-restricted no, not concept, all. right? No. So the idea is to do this properly, you eat normally – uh, just eat yeah. less. Less. And 
your body has just become accustomed to that to eating larger amounts. Uh, or that happens normally. And, and it that, doesn't need it, right? That's how our body starts to get altered as well. Our yeah. stomachs grow yeah. to accommodate that yeah, amount of uh, food input. Yeah, I mean, there's that really simple tip that you see quite often, which is to buy smaller plates. Yeah. Right? So yeah. That you still have a full plate. The plate ju- it just yeah. isn't quite as big as And you yours, know, there's right? also another very famous phrase mm. that usually we complain more when we eat more than we should eat, right. than when we eat less. <laughs> you right. see? Yeah. Usually we have a lot of problems when we eat more than yeah. when, when we eat less. Yeah. Nobody really says like, oh, I, did, I, I, I ate so few. Yeah. Usually <laughs> oh. you're like, oh, damn, I'm so yeah. bloated and I ate so much. Yeah. If, you have, if you have a little less, you kind of think, oh, I've got room for dessert. Yeah. Exactly. Or something. Or something, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it usually you complain more for eating agree, in excess. I agree with you. I agree with you. I I actually think, for me, this makes a lot of sense. And in fact, in my normal diet, I will say I've not been following this because obviously I've just covered this. But I realised some time ago that I have a very very sedentary job. I have a job yeah. where I'm sitting a lot, and. Oh, like you, I try to mm-hmm. get up and move around, blah, 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 but you forget. And yeah, sometimes you get so much into you what get, you're doing that... You get focused in. Boom. And what I have been doing for the last couple of years is I've been ignoring the um, calorie guideline, which is 2,500 for adults, right? mm-hmm. for men. And I've been having... I've been keeping it under 2,000 the whole time. Mm-hmm. Through crude calorie counting. Yeah. And I don't feel hungry. And yet no. I'm and yet I'm not eating what is recommended. I actually think the recommendations were created for a an earlier time mm-hmm. when we did a lot more physical stuff. Yes, I agree. I agree. Mm-hmm. Because uh there's uh one amount of uh, calories that your body needs when it's at rest. At rest, yeah. And that's the base number, let's say. Yeah. And then you have to add based on your daily activities. Exactly. And the thing is, the you and I both do similar in that yeah. we sit a lot and work on computers. A lot of computer IT the, programming stuff. The thing is, our bodies are at physical rest. It doesn't matter how much thinking you're doing. That doesn't really burn It doesn't any burn calories, right? as much as you would do even by going down the stairs. And all, and all these calories, this 2,500 for men and 2,200 for women or whatever it is, which is the accepted thing that was worked out in something like the early 50s it's a long time ago yeah well it was all to do with the second world war and having to figure out nutritional needs and all this stuff Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. this is where these numbers came from as recommendations and we lived differently right yeah you know we worked in factories we worked in the fields we don't Mm -hmm. and yet i don't understand why it's never questioned I don't know. <laughs> There's a question for But here is the question exactly. Well here's a here's a potential way forward. Yeah. So check it out. Yeah. Let us know what you think about it. Yeah. And now and finally. Aha, uh-huh. and finally. Yeah, and uh, finally this week, a subject that I, I'm quite fond of uh-huh. uh, because I avoid them like the plague, which is social media 
and the effect it is having on people. Uh-huh. So there has been a study done, or a poll, shall we say, a poll, of about 1,500 people mm-hmm. in the 14 to 24 age bracket now. Is that is that age where the highest people, uh, the, high, the most amount of people is using? Yeah, they're spending half their goddamn lives on this stuff, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the 14 to 24 age group, they are generally called the millennials. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there is another word for them, which I really quite like, which is snowflake. And it's because they appear to be very delicate, mm-hmm. this this group, right? Anyway, there was, maybe people have any, some comments about that, but there was a survey or a poll done, 1,500 people, and they were asked a series of questions about the big social media platforms, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and Twitter. And they were asked what impact they thought these social media platforms were having or the content on their health and well-being. And they were asked to score each platform uh-huh. on 14 health and well-being categories. And based on these ratings... <laughs> we have a winner. We have a winner. And the least, or shall we say, the most positive impact platform is YouTube. Now, I'm not convinced YouTube is a social media platform, but is it? Do you mm. think it is? Maybe for the people that actually interact in the comments of uh, videos. But Have you read those? <laughs> isn't everybody going for the comments? <laughs> See, but, uh, but, but the comments are like... You can find all kinds of stuff in there. I suppose you Wow. Can. From Some very idiot- smart things... To really idiotic. To, wow, yeah. Just to people really just trolling around. Yeah. Anyway, so YouTube... Okay, let's consider YouTube as a sort of uh-huh. platform. YouTube came out with the most positive... And coming in at number two is Twitter. Twitter. Um, again, I'm not a Twitter user. Are you a Twitter user? Uh, from time to time, yes. Uh, what, you actually tweet? Not me. I use it practically for, you know, the radio actually uses it. Well, right. So to, to push out yeah. messages. So I used to do that before. Personally, in my personal account, I used to tweet I, sometimes. I actually opened a Twitter account... And then I thought about what I was going to use it for, and then went, Do you know nothing. I've really got nothing to <laughs> Really? Nothing. Yeah, you're not the kind that will share. Now I'm in the bathroom and yeah. Do you know I'm just eating now a breakfast. Possibly the best piece of avocado toast that has ever been made, you know. Uh-huh. The millennials will understand what avocado toast is. <laughs> um, anyway, so, so Twitter was the number two for least bad effects. But now we're kind of getting down to it. So what came after Twitter was Facebook. Facebook. Now, I don't have a Facebook account uh, because, unfortunately, I feel life is too short. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's maybe something to do with my age, but whatever. Uh, but following Facebook are the two with the the worst, the worst impact, which are or at the bottom of the, the uh, score list which is Snapchat, and then the worst is Instagram. Instagram. Now, I think we all know what Instagram is, right? Uh-huh. It's image-based. Image and uh, my understanding is that on Instagram, um, if you import a, an image into Instagram, you can then 
process it to remove all kinds of blemishes and yeah, and you can apply filters, effects, and filters. Yeah. So you can take a fairly mundane image and and make it good and make it you know make it astounding, right? Yeah. And basically, uh, it would seem as if um, Instagram is having the worst effect uh, because it's affecting people's sense of worth, uh-huh. self worth. And that the the images have been digitally manipulated. Obviously, you have brands on there as well. Yeah, I think the biggest impact here mm. is on mental health, without a doubt. Especially if we talk Unless about Instagram. Unless it leads to suicide, and then it's physical health. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Instagram is a platform where, and same as Snapchat, although yeah. not necessarily, the majority of the people are taking or small videos. Mm. Or selfies, but Snapchat don't the don't the messages disappear after a they period? disappear? Yeah. Yes. Whereas Instagram is like I think it's twenty four hours after. It's gone. Whereas Instagram's there forever, right? Mm-hmm. And I, this competition, this um, pressure, social yeah. pressure to appear perfect it's in those pictures pressure, to right? look is peer pressure. Yeah. And mentally, this should be affecting people. So that's why they were starting to ask for companies to put certain measures to ensure the mental health of their users. Yeah. And the first one that they proposed was pop-ups, warning people that they have used social media for a for, long time. For too long. Right? Yeah, too long. Yeah. Like, cut it out. Have a break. And then the other one yeah. is that social media should try to identify users with mental health problems and discreetly signposting places they can get support. Now, we know that another popular down-the-rabbit-hole technology friend... Artificial uh-huh. intelligence yes. can help with that, right? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Kind of, because obviously these one of the things that uh, defines these platforms like Facebook, which has just uh-huh. passed the two billion uh, registered users mark, uh-huh. is that it is literally it would actually destroy their business Completely. if they employed enough people to actually police their platform. Uh-huh. So they have to use Artificial intelligence. And they are asking for a third one, which is this one is interesting. Yeah. Because this should be some kind of algorithm or something where platforms will highlight uh, photos that have been digitally manipulated. And that can't be So, for example, you know, sometimes celebrities or fashion brands or organizations or simply somebody that is manipulating the pictures to look like perfect. And they should tag those pictures with a small icon. Yeah. To be displayed. This isn't reality. This is a digitally altered photo. So people realize that this is not real. Yes. And that this would lower the pressure on people to... But I don't think it would. I don't think it would either. I don't think it would because people are so... Uh Because the problem is if you have a little icon on there that says this this image has been uh, uh, processed, Uh what has been processed? Yeah. If, it, if it's removing that inconvenient hand that's sticking out in the background, mm-hmm. what the hell, right? It's to do with making things seem perfect. Exactly. This is the problem, right? Because mm-hmm. we all know reality isn't perfect. That's why we're living in it. <laughs> if it was perfect, it wouldn't have people in it. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to solve this problem by, by software alone. Mm-hmm. I think... It's saying more about maybe how we're educating and raising children. Yeah, for sure. That are making them 
vulnerable like this. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I don't know what you think. No, I agree with you. Or does, agree. Or does social media just expose these weaknesses? Uh, I think so. I think or, or, the, probably the original purpose of social media was to create connectivity well, among people and probably try to get rid of distance problems. But, but yeah. you've touched on one of my pet subjects now. Yeah, but then we're talking about that we're humans and we're very yeah. flawed. Well, I have a, I have. This is my very own theory, and I'm sure it's rubbish. Uh-huh. But I'm going to say it anyway. Okay, say it. And that is that I believe that a lot of uh, the major social media platforms, like Facebook, like uh, YouTube, even not necessarily YouTube, but I would. I'm just going to focus on Facebook for the moment to, for my argument. And my argument is that a number of social media platforms, because of the way they work, it is literally acknowledged that they were created because the person who created them had socializing issues. Mm-hmm. So basically True. they were creating solutions for their lack of social skills. So in, instead of having to actually meet somebody face-to-face or go yeah. through all that messy stuff of actually going <laughs> somewhere in a room full of strangers and actually talking to people, you do it one step removed by using technology. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And that by, but of course now, everybody, particularly young people, have been using the social media platforms from the very earliest age. And my concern is that if do the users start to emulate the behavior <laughs> that led to the creation of these platforms in the first place? So these platforms are pushing people down paths of behavior that are problematic. <laughs> we, we know the best relationships are face-to-face. The, the best way to make a new friend is by talking to a stranger who then becomes your friend. Yeah. That chance discovery, that. Mm-hmm. But, of course, all these social media platforms are removing all, all that. All these processes All gone. that serendipitous discovery, all <laughs> that all that pure chance that you mm-hmm. need, It's all being uh, analysed and channeled and packaged and processed. And these particularly young people now... I've known nothing else but this approach, and it's potentially affecting how they're behaving in the real world, away from social media. Mm-hmm. So I am not shocked by any of this, but it is worrying that it's having the effect it's having. Yeah. Because I notice they don't do the studies on 35 to 55-year-olds mm-hmm. because they don't use social media anywhere near as much. or Not in, as much as or, this age group. Or in the same way. Right? True. So... Mm-hmm. That's my uh, that's my two lay, and with that we finish the <laughs> and finally, <laughs> and that's the end of this and finally. So there you go, there you. And that's it. Thank you for listening. That was the and finally. We reach also the end of the topic. Uh huh. In- very interesting topic. Live forever or die trying. Yeah. Mm. Don't forget to share your comments because yeah, please do. I, I would be interested to know, for example. If you, if you would be interested even to try this, yeah. 
And maybe share your results with us. Maybe I know there are people out there in the world who do this. Certainly, there must be. If there's anybody out there, we maybe they have their own it. input that they would like to yeah. share it with us, so it, we can share it also with uh, everybody else. It is definitely a thing, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and as as we said in the in the program, you don't hear so much about it because nobody's making any money out of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So there you go. There you go. Thank you for listening, and we we'll talk to you next week. Yeah, Carl. Yeah, bye. And my name is Rafael Ruiz. Talk to you next week. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved. Dark Mind Radio 2017.